Welcome to the Book Hub, an online event space hosted by Luther Seminary. Hello and welcome to the October edition of the Faith Lead Book Hub. Today we are talking about outside of the box faith formation. I'm going to now introduce to you Ross Murray as we switch kind of to the other end of the first third of life and think about teenagers and young adults. Ross Murray is the Senior Director of Education and Training at the GLAAD Media Institute. He is an ELCA deacon, podcast producer, and writer who has contributed to two books focused on LGBTQ Christian youth before this one that we're featuring today called Made Known Loved, Developing LGBTQ Inclusive Youth Ministry. Made Known Loved builds on experience and wisdom cultivated through the Naming Project, a ministry created at the intersection of youth, faith, and LGBTQ identity. Ross, over to you. Thank you so much, Leanne, and thank you uh, everyone for being here and being part of this webinar today. It, it's so good to be with you, especially um, one thing I think is really great about this is the conversation with Don was so focused on innovative ways that we do ministry. And obviously the last 20 months have forced us to find innovative ways to do our ministry. I, my hope and my prayer is that that, uh, that energy, that, uh, that innovation does continue, even as we continue to um, emerge and resume what may become quote unquote, normal life. Um, uh, Leanne mentioned a lot of my expertise and where the book comes from is from my work with the naming project. And the naming project is specifically an LGBTQ youth ministry. And it started when I was approached and said, do you know of any church-based programs for LGBTQ youth? There's a family in my congregation and the son has come out and the parents are, are very supportive, but they want to find a good community for him. Um, and there's, uh, there's some at the school, there's some of the community, not all of them are safe and none of them are very faith-based. Do you know if one exists? And we spent some time looking around so that we could give a referral to figure out, does one exist? And we couldn't find anything. And so we sort of decided in that moment, me as a young, naive person, um, why don't we just start one? And I am a, I'm by nature a program person. Um, youth ministry is my background. It's my passion. It's what I love to do. I love developing and creating a program and, and working it as much as possible. And so we created the naming project first as a weekly meeting that met in a church basement in Minneapolis for young people to come to come by and then added the camp portion of our program, which is what you're probably more familiar with, because here's the secret. Not that many young people came to a Sunday afternoon meeting at a church basement in Minneapolis. Um, they there was a lot of uh, vocal interest. People said this is a good idea. Um, young people said, I'm really glad that this resource exists. But the reality is we were also competing with the rest of their lives, um, jobs and sports and family obligations. And in some cases for us, 
other church obligations. And people, I didn't want people to give up being connected to their own welcoming, inclusive congregation to come to our program that was being held somewhere else that they would have to travel and drive to and spend a couple hours being at. Um, and and so this kind of uh, has led me down to thinking about how we build some of our church programs and thinking, oh, we should do something for XYZ. So I, my work is LGBTQ youth. That may not be your work or your interest. I do think that some of these things absolutely apply to other areas. Um, and so I'm going to talk about this in a way that hopefully will kind of help you think through and realize and do some assessment of what does exist for youth, for young people in your town, in your community. Um, and I'm gonna talk a lot from the lens of LGBTQ youth. It's important and helpful to have supportive adults in young people's life. Um, there's, a, there's a stat that comes out from the Trevor Project that says that LGBTQ youth's risk of suicide is cut in half by having one supportive adult in their life. Um, and so it is important for us as individuals to be that supportive adult that's in their life, whether we're family, whether we are the uh, pastor or the deacon or the youth ministry person, or just a caring adult person that's in the congregation. But stepping beyond that, there is what might we want to build institutionally? What might we want to build as the naming project? And so one of the things I developed um, I, I have been approached a lot through the naming project with other people that want to create similar programs. And I'm, uh, we get approached from folks saying like, oh, I want to do a program like that. I'd like to do a summer camp like yours. Um, I want my church to do something. And I, and I caution people a little bit um, to one, not make the same mistakes that we did, to not throw ourselves into creating a program that is perfect and detailed without looking at what else is out there for young people? What resources exist? And are we just copying or replicating or actually competing with some of these existing resources? So one of the things I did, I started creating some bonus content from my book. Um, and I'm gonna give you one of my worksheets that I did. Um, it should be in the chat now for you all to look at. Um, that's for you. I'm gonna talk through it a little bit. Um, if someone wants to build a program, a special program, and you know, on here you'll see an LGBTQ um, specific program. It might be a basketball program. It might be a service program. It might be something that's connected with what Don says. I really want to also do a really good, honest assessment of what kind of space you are, right? So the values of your ministry, what are the values of your congregation? Um, and what values do you have for the youth that participate in your ministry? Um, and how open and welcoming is your congregation? I, I recognize that if you personally are an ally and want to build this program, but you are in a congregation that still struggles with the reality of LGBTQ inclusion, that's going to be really hard and still necessary important for you to be a good individual ally. Um, but maybe you have to find other ways in which to express that because you know that it's going to be a difficult uphill battle for the congregation. And I gave a few kind of theological prompts just to think about if I think about this population I'm trying to reach, LGBTQ youth, what does that look like when we're thinking about um, theology of Imago Dei, of the idea of grace through faith, the idea of calling 
and vocation. And there may be others, ones that are really important to you and to your congregation. I kind of brainstorm a few off the top of my head. But I'm hoping that will spark a little bit of thought about what kind of space are we so that whatever ministry or program you develop is a natural extension of the existing values that you have as a congregation and not something that is new and wild and different and people feel this kind of sense of whiplash because you want whatever you create to be to have investment from the congregation from the larger community you want people even if they're not actively volunteering for it or, or donating to it or supporting it knowing that it exists being in support of its existence and not having active resistance. No one, um, for LGBTQ youth, no one wants to walk by a bunch of protesters to get to a ministry um, that's important to them. And, and I say that kind of lightly, but as someone who's had to do it and as people have had to do it, it's not something we want to put a young person through who is still determining what their relationship with God and the rest of the world is. So then think of the climate of your congregation, right? Are you an explicitly welcoming place? Have you done a welcome statement? Have you done the reconciling in Christ status? Um, have you done any sex, uh, kind of sexuality studies on sexuality or gender? Are there LGBTQ people in the congregation, adults? Um, what kind of roles do they have? What's their leadership? Not to ask them to do something, but also seeing what their connection with the congregation is can give you a sense of what um, acceptance for young people would be, um, would be like. Are there parents or family members of LGBTQ people who are often, often, not always, really strong allies? Um, are your clergy in favor? Is your council in favor, right? Do you have other congregational champions, people who are going to support this ministry and advocate for it in front of others? And then this is a really hard, and it's, this has the potential of getting gossipy, but you do want to be really honest of, are there pockets or places where we might re re meet resistance? Um, and is that resistance going to be something that is going to make running this really difficult? And are there ways that we can mitigate that resistance? Perhaps to have an individual conversation with the person to think about what you're trying to do or what you're trying to build. Um, and, and having them at least understand it and not feel like it's something that you were trying to push over onto them. Um, well, you know, and, and part of that is having a real conversation about that. Then it's important to me to focus externally, right? Look at who else is in the community. How many LGBTQ youth are in your community? If you're in a gigantic city, maybe you have more. If you're in a small town, you probably have some. Um, how many of them are interested in doing a church-related program? Are these ones that have already experienced some level of church trauma and think they would never, ever, ever step foot inside a church again? It doesn't mean you can't do ministry with them, but it might mean they're not going to come to your building in order to do it, right? What's the culture of your local community like? Is it generally LGBTQ supportive? Um, would your congregation be considered an oasis in what might be a hostile community? And an oasis is an okay thing. Um, does your town or city or state have things like non-discrimination policies? Um, have you had public fights over LGBTQ people? Flags in schools, um, student organizations in the schools, um, leaders, uh, things like that. Um, drag queen story hour became a hot topic for a while. You can see how the community responds to things, um, might respond to your congregation by seeing how they've responded to other things happening in the community. And again, it doesn't mean you don't do it. It just means you plan it in a way that you can foresee that risk and know what it is you're going to do about it, right? Will those public arguments have impact on your ministry plans? And again, are there pockets of opposition? And 
what kind of um, what kind of actions might they take and what would be the best thing and who are the vocal champions. And this last one's the one I really want to talk about the most is the local LGBTQ resources. This is where I say I don't want you to have to uh, replicate or repeat um, or compete with other programs that already exist. Um, what are the programs that exist in your town or community? If you don't know, really do an assessment first. Think through, are there local clubs, organizations? Are there any in the schools? Are there any that are designed for adults? Are there LGBT community centers? Are there little LGBTQ chambers of commerce? Um, are there other informal groups that exist for adults or for youth? Those are good places just to know they exist so you have that resource list. And even if you can't develop, again, an LGBTQ specific ministry, um, then you at least know that you have good referrals for other people um, in town. What are the focus? What do they do? What do they, um, what's their mission? We should have a niche as being faith-based programs, um, but if we're doing the same activity that someone can do in the school or in the local civic center, that may not serve that much purpose. So if you're building your own basketball league, but you're also competing with high school basketball, that may not be the best use of your resources or your time, right? Um, and then look at the schools. What are the organizations that exist there? Um, do they have programming? Um, are there questions or issues that young people have been voicing? Before you launch your own program, I suggest doing a little bit of a tour and a visit and spending some time in the other local organizations to see how they operate. Who shows up? Who doesn't show up? Um, what's the way in which they run? Who has the power in those organizations? It can really help you inform how you're building your own programming, especially for young people, again, who have so many demands on their time and on their life. And the biggest question here is, will your youth ministry be redundant or can you be a complement to the existing LGBTQ resources? You may find there's a local LGBTQ center or, and again, I'm using LGBTQ a lot because that's my world and it's what I know how to talk about, um, uh, that, uh, that does some great programming and you don't want to compete with them, but they don't do faith-based programming. You want those organizations to know that you or that your congregation are also welcoming supportive spaces that can help provide spiritual guidance or comfort or direction. And that doesn't have to be something that is taken on by a leader or director of the, of the LGBT center. It doesn't mean that we are converting those folks to our church or trying to like build our membership roles. If we come in looking like we're only doing marketing, it will be seen as just that, marketing, pandering, what, what we call in the community rainbow washing. Um, and you won't get that great of a reception. But if you say, we are here, we want to be helpful and want to be a resource. And I know that there's people within your community that have questions about faith and spirituality um, that may have come from other church traditions where they've experienced trauma. We want you to know that we can be a place that you could refer over to, or we can have those conversations. Um, and, and I'll close here with just one of those early things of us doing that for the naming project, and I talk about it a little bit in the book as well, um, is doing those conversations with other meetings. And we had a meeting with another, um, with a youth organization, secular youth organization, and described the naming project. We have this faith-based church program. And the leader listened, and she was very nice and polite and said, you know what, I don't see that being a need for my young people. They, they don't talk about it, it hasn't come up. 
And we said, well, thank you. That was really helpful. And we went away. And then two or three weeks later, she called us and said, I don't know what it is, but suddenly all the kids are talking about the relationship they've had with their churches or the Bible says this, or why is this show up in the Bible in this way? Or why did I, why did this pastor say this thing this way? And suddenly all the kids are talking about faith in Jesus. Could you come back and talk to our kids? That's the kind of thing that we want to do. Um, it didn't mean that they that they came to us and our program that we built in our church, but we were doing a really great effective ministry by being guests by being guests in their space and helping to match the agenda that they had in their hearts and their mind. 